Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. And uh, it is a good morning. It's pretty nice out there, especially after the last couple days. How many of you weren't ready for winter? I mean, it's coming. We know that. And cold weather. But that you talk about temperature swings. We're going to be talking about that quite a bit today and how it affects fishing and hunting and things like that. So we'll we'll cover some of that. By the way, trivia is back. We're not going to have it every week, but we're going to start finding some good gifts to give away. And if you follow us on Facebook, you'll notice that my wife and producer, Karen, has posted 20-plus years of trivia on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And usually when she does, those end up being answers to a trivia question where you can win prizes while the show is on. So it pays to follow us on Facebook. You know, you should follow us anyway. And I'm gonna, let me tell you real quick about our Facebook page. We don't post 10 million things a day. We don't, we don't overwhelm you. We only post maybe five to half a dozen things a week. And we'll put a fishing report up there. If I get out in the field, we'll put up there. We'll put a couple, one or two good interviews from the show up there, which are always podcasts. Anyway, if you know how to go get them on uh, 1043thefan.com. I'll post my some of my Denver Post articles up there or some of the magazine articles or things I've written in the past for places like In Fisherman. So, and then we get information from other people we share. So we try to keep it concise, but we also try to give you good information without overwhelming you. And then we tie it into the show. If we're going to have a special guest on, you know that. Uh, if there's going to be a special guest host, you know that. Or if we're covering a particular topic of interest, we'll give you a heads up. And then, of course, trivia. If you follow us on, on Facebook, you're going to get a chance to, uh, you're going to get the information when we post a trivia and be able to uh, have a chance to win. Anyway, we're going to talk a lot of fishing today and what a difference a week makes. In fact, let's go to the phones. And speaking of a difference a week makes, last week people tuned in and I wasn't here, Mr. Austin Parr. Terry, how are you doing this morning? So I appreciate you having me on for the second week in a row. Yeah, well, I was just saying how you filled in for me last week, and I was up in Minnesota on assignment, working hard as always, you know. But <laughs> but anyway, so it's... You got a little fishing in up there. Well, we always got a little something in up there. It's my home. You know, northern Minnesota, the Northwoods is where... I used to say I grew up. Karen says I just got older there. But I've but I've been out in Colorado so long that uh, they both feel like home to me. I mean, I've been in Colorado over thirty years, and the outdoors here is home to me too. But there's always some a special place in my heart for the North Woods up there. But what a difference a week makes, huh? Absolutely. I mean, we went from basically summer-like conditions all the way into frigid middle winter type conditions, and. You know, it's something that, that hopefully we're really going to have a, a good bite that's going to get spurred because of it. Yeah, you know, it, and when we have these major cold fronts in the spring, they tend to just shut the fishing down. Uh, the temperature yeah. changes do, and it puts back the spawn. It shuts things off. In fact, we struggled with a lot of that this spring. In the fall, it's a different story. Not that you can always predict how the weather is going to affect the fish, but the cooling water and the the colder air tend to really spur that fall bite. Uh, you talk about a change, though. You know, this year has been so different, Austin. We started yeah. out. We started out, and we didn't get any warm weather till the end of June, first of July. So the fish, the spawns came late. 
the fish activities were two, three weeks behind. Then it got really hot, almost record hot for two months. And then fall came late. It was staying warm all the way through September into October. And we were waiting for that fall bite to kick off, that water cooling bite. The nights were getting colder. The water was starting to cool a little, but it really wasn't taking that dip. And then this last week, it was 80 degrees on my patio and I was having dinner one night. And next night, it was almost single digits. And yeah, and I mean, the, the water temperature, as you mentioned, has been going kind of right along with that. I mean, just I was out the two days before the front, and especially the second day, hoping that we're going to have a good good pressure drop and have a good day, but it wound up being pretty tough out there. But at Cherry Creek, at least, I saw 65-degree water temps, um, you know, just on Wednesday. And what have you been out since the front, or have you had any reports? So I have not been out since the front, um, but I've heard that, that uh, you know, it was a little bit slower yesterday. I heard somebody that went out, and that, I guess, could – could kind of, uh, you know, be something that you would expect immediately after a a giant cold front like that. But I'm hoping what we're going to do is once we get this pressure back to kind of even here, these, these fish really with a, with a good temperature drop are going to be sensing that, that cold weather, you know, coming down on them. And and I'm hoping that, that that is really going to hopefully kill off a few of the shad in some of these Metro lakes and, and uh, Plains lakes for the walleyes and then get these walleyes and smallmouth bass really feeding heavily. Yeah, I think, we we hopefully now, and I looked at the temperatures, they look pretty seasonal now. The days are sure. going to be, you know, in the mid to high 60s, even low 70s, but the nights are going to be very cool. So we should see, this should have kicked off what should be some fairly dramatic cooling of the water. And I'm going to talk about some different opportunities with you and we'll kind of explore. Now, we're going to be guessing, folks, how we think it's going to react because this year is not, you throw away the playbook this year oh, and, this, yeah. and this sudden change, but let's start, let's start with those walleyes you talked about. Now, normally prior to this, even in the last few weeks, we'd be throwing jigging wraps and jigging spoons and we'd be fishing below balls of shad, but that hasn't been the case because they really hadn't schooled up like that, had they? Just depends upon the lake. And I mean, you know, places like Cherry Creek, there's a few more shad, but places like Chatfield, the shad didn't really come this year. And, and so, you know, we were fishing more standard, almost summertime type patterns. But now, depending upon the lake that you're going to be fishing in, you're going to start seeing some of those shad hopefully associate with the bottom a little bit more, a few dying shad potentially, and therefore those, those jigging wraps, jigging spoons, and blade baits are really going to come in. And if you're, if you're fishing Cherry Creek or if you're going out northeast and your lakes like Sterling or Jumbo where the shad populations were strong this year, those are the techniques you're going to want to be looking for, looking for shad in and around structure points and hopefully walleyes chasing them. Yeah, and one of the keys too, folks, is fishing jigging spoons. And I do jigging spoons a lot more than I have shad wraps and, and, and those kind of glide baits in the summer, although I'm starting to use them a little, um, is the fact that you can wear yourself out with that technique if you don't oh, use yeah. your electronics and find you've got to find at least bait fish or fish one or the other and if you find both that's the gold mine but you really got to do some looking yeah and i totally agree with that and even utilizing side imaging sonar on on areas can be really productive to, to find some some predator fish chasing those bait fish but what i'm looking for this time of year as well is not necessarily fish that are truly suspended over open water chasing bait fish but I like to find fish that are that are in areas along a drop-off or, or you know, the edge of a rock base or any type of structure point that's going to generally associate them with the bottom. Because techniques like a jigging wrap and a blade bait and a jigging spoon typically, in my opinion, are more effective when you can have that bait touch down on bottom 
in between every one of your poles. Yeah, you know, another thing that shines this time of the year, and this is on any lake that has pelagic forage when the water gets this cold, and that's mid-lake humps if they're not too deep. Absolutely. Places like Jumbo with the humps in the middle of the lake, or even Cherry Creek has some of your little breaks that are out in the very middle of your lake where fish can come out of that main basin chasing bait fish and all of a sudden come up onto a significant hump or drop-off. And those areas can really concentrate fish this time of year. Now, a couple lakes that might be worth a drive uh, right now with the weather changing the way it is. One would be John Martin. Another would be McConaughey. Both of those can really set up well for this fall fishing. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're talking about McConaughey, uh, that is a lake that kind of a lot of people in in the, the western U.S. started slab spooning at places like McConaughey. And what we're talking about with the slab spoon is even bigger than what we'd be using a lot of times around Chatfield or Cherry Creek, but up to an ounce or an ounce and a half and fishing on deep main lake structure, especially as we're going to get colder here, that lake is going to really turn on. And then the advantage when you go down to John Martin, as with McConaughey, but good secondary species like white bass and wipers along with the saw guys down there. Well, another lake too is uh, Glendale Reservoir in Wyoming. And when you talk about secondary species, all of the lakes we mentioned have catfish and People don't realize the way catfish, I've caught so many catfish on jigging spoons. They just, when those bait are gathered up, you'll catch, in fact, the state record blue cat that Charlie uh, Black caught down in Pueblo came on a jigging wrap, I think, while he was fishing that kind of bite. So it's in the middle of winter. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right that it's not going to be just just walleyes. You're going to get catfish and white bass and wipers. You know, those bait fish are going to attract everybody that's trying to fatten up for the winter. Yeah, catfish aren't just bottom feeders. You know, people think that they're something that, that you can catch on chicken livers on the bank, and certainly that's something that, that people catch them with. But I certainly, as you mentioned, catch more fish fishing a jigging wrap or a jigging spoon or even trolling, where these catfish are a true predator species chasing these baitfish schools. Well, uh, Brad Peterson, who I know you had on last week, caught a 30-inch channel cat out of Boyd this week. I think he said 30, and I'm, this is secondhand information. But knowing Brad and like you this time of the year, he probably had a jigging wrap on. That's his favorite presentation. Let's move yep. on to a couple other opportunities that really come up this time of the year. One of my favorite bites this time of the year is the lake trout bite at Granby. Because what happens is as soon as that water gets below 55 degrees, because lake trout can't tolerate water warmer that except for very short periods, those lake trout move into spawn. Now, this isn't necessarily... A big fish bite. Not that you can't get big fish when this is going on. You can, but it's a numbers bite. These are the kinds of times when if you're out in a boat, you can get 30, 40 of those 16 to 22-inch lake trout as they move in along the the rocks and the gravel to spawn. It's also a time when you can chase those same lake trout from shore and be very successful. Absolutely. And when you have those lake trout coming in like that, a lot of your presentations like tube gigs will still work but i like shifting over to a jigging spoon or even a small jigging wrap during that same time and and vertical jigging them out of a boat but as you mentioned the shoreline bite will be starting to turn on as we start to get these really cool temperatures up there and and throwing tubes or jigging spoons along the 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 shorelines can be good but a lot of times your brown trout will move up along your dike edges as well and things like jerk baits can catch a lot of other species like your 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 uh, your rainbows, your browns, and then the lake trout will chase those early and late as they move up into the really shallow water along those rock faces. Yeah, in fact, uh, if you're willing to put in the time along some of those rock points and rock faces up at Granby from shore, if you don't have a boat, 
You can even take a cast master and just cast it as far as you can and work it back, flutter it in. And when oh, those yeah. when those fish get in shallow, there's an opportunity for people who don't own a boat to catch 10 or 12, you know, uh, 15 to 22-inch fish. And you're talking, you can keep four of them. That's a great size to keep. With the chance you could hook a twenty thirty pounder at any time. Now, if you do get Absolutely. that, if you do get that big one, release it. But it's just a phenomenal time, whether a boat or shore. It's one of my favorite bites up at Granby. Uh, if I want to take somebody who doesn't fish a lot out fishing, October at Lake Granby is one of the places I like to take take them. And you know, folks, if you just want some information on the current state of the bite, go to Fishing with Bernie on Facebook and on uh, the internet. Bernie is a great guide up there, but he's also great at sharing information, and he keeps everybody up to date. I want to move. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Bernie's one of the best up there, and when you're talking about guiding for lake trout in this state, there's truly no one better. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other opportunities, though, because it isn't going to be limited. Uh, I want to talk about the rivers, but before I get to that, you know, lakes in Colorado are heavily stocked, especially along the Front Range, spring and fall. And as those lakes are stocked, you know, those, those in the spring we catch those fish and in the fall we catch them. Summer they go deep, especially with the hot weather we had. You're going to start seeing shore action for a lot of trout that were stocked earlier this year coming back towards shore. And the new stocking of trout for fall that's going to winter in these lakes. It's a great time for that shore angler just to get out, catch some stocked trout right up and down the front range. It is, and Chatfield is one of the, 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 the places that I would really go if, if you're going to be looking for some of those trout along the shorelines. Uh, there are, as you mentioned, there's really actually really nice trout in that lake, and same thing goes with places like Aurora Reservoir. But even just in the north boat ramp area, a lot of those trout will congregate or along Massey Draw, and you can fish a fly in a bubble, or if you want to fish some bait applications, that works as well. And then Aurora over there, there's really big trout in Aurora. But other lakes, even like Cherry Creek, they just stocked a bunch of trout. So there's some good action to be had for if you just want to get a few trout for dinner or take some kids out. This is a really nice time to do it when you're not dealing with typically super cold weather or hot weather. And it's real basic fishing. Some power bait will work. You can throw some spoons or some lures, some spinners, and you'll catch some fish. And it's because the football season activities have started, because a lot of people are out hunting, it's not going to be crowded, and it's just a fun it's time. It's not, and I mean, even a place like Chatfield or Cherry Creek on a weekend is very manageable this time of year. So don't be afraid to get out even today or tomorrow with some really nice weather, and, and those trout, especially after some of that cold weather, the trout more than anything are going to be very active. A couple more things I want to touch on, and one that happens this time of the year, and it's different in different times of the places in the state, and it happens at different times, and that's the kokanee salmon. I love yep. the fall. I love to go fish them on a fly rod, but you can, there's snagging, there's different ways. But the kokanee, even if you're just on a lake like Wolford, they're going to be close to shore. Uh, you can just have a blast with kokanee right now. Yeah, so I got a report. One of my friends went up and fished Wolford yesterday, and the salmon bite is not quite going up there. And that's something when I've looked through my notes, it's, it typically happens. The third week of October is when a lot of those fish will move up shallow. And as you mentioned with the fly rod, things like pink clouser minnows, which are normally thought of as more of a saltwater fly, can be really productive up there. But the other one that really will fish well are small pink atomic tube jigs from Berkeley underneath a slip bobber. And you tip it with a mealworm or a waxworm. And with that slip bobber, you can adjust the depth of that and kind of sit there and twitch it and almost vertical jig it like you would on the ice. But those salmon love that up there at Wolford. Um, but up on the Dream Stream, the salmon are really in right now. And granted, you can't keep them up there, and it's all flies and lures only with no snagging. But 
the, the fly fishing opportunities with San Juan worms and egg flies are very, very productive. Uh, I've been hearing that there's still some up in the Gunnison, up above Gunnison, or up above Blue Mesa, and then also down there in the southwest, southwest part of the state, uh, Ridgeway is another great, great bet to catch some salmon this time of year. Oh, you're absolutely right. So check that out, folks. Follow the fishing report. We post it on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So if you, uh, on Facebook, if you follow my Facebook page, you'll automatically, you'll get that sent to your timeline. Real quick, because I know we've got, uh, we got Brian Plasser, Pelser from uh, Rifle Gap waiting to talk to us. I want to spend some time with him. But another great activity this time of the year are the brown trout. Yes, and the brown trout go hand-in-hand hand with the kokanee's many times. And even places like Wolford, there's some really big brown trout that can be had with stripping some streamers along the banks. The Dream Stream brown trout have not quite turned on as of yet. Uh, they, I think this cold front probably going to spur that out of this next week. You're going to have some big browns move up into there. But then I saw some reports. Granted, you can't fish around the nets at North Delaney, but my goodness, where there's some giants that uh, Parks and Wildlife got and harvested their eggs and, and – uh, and are artificially inseminating those to stock around the entire state. But North Delaney is a great option for some big browns up in North Park right now. And and if there are brown trout in your lakes this time of year, that second week of October is just getting going for those, and especially after a big front that we just had. It is a great opportunity to get out and go target those. Uh, we're way over on time, but I think the message to everybody is uh, there's a lot. this cold front, unlike the spring, isn't going to shut down fishing. It's going to actually probably turn it on. And there's tremendous opportunities wherever you like to fish. Get out there. We've still got plenty of good weather left, and take advantage of it. And, Austin, if they want more information, how do they get a hold of you? I'm at Discount Fishing Tackle, 2645 South Santa Fe Drive, which is six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right, my friend, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate it. You bet. We're going to take a quick time out, and then we're going to take you up to Rifle Gap State Park on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. I want to go right to the phones because I hope waiting patiently is uh, Brian Pulser. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Oh, great to have you. Sorry it took a little, you know, we're a little late, but we're going to spend plenty of time with you. Uh, Austin, I know you were listening, is such a great source of information. He just, it's just he's so full of knowledge he gets reports from all over the country and he and he really understands fishing in this area so i like to get him on and really get that information out there but some good things going on where you are up in the rifle gap harvey gap rifle falls area first of all did you get hit by this cold weather no we were expecting it we were preparing for it and it was kind of a letdown i was ready to see some snowflakes but uh we got the cold temperatures but not the moisture which we desperately need Oh, I know. I, you know, there was a minute, I don't know if you went through this, because I know you also follow ice fishing. There was a minute when it was about single digits there. I'm thinking, I wonder if I should be checking for ice. <laughs> right. <laughs> was yeah, it? we're a little little ways off from that, but yeah. uh, it'll be here before we know it. Oh, I said. Let's, why don't you tell people where the park's located and describe it for them? Sure. We're just north of Rifle, Colorado, which is between Glenwood Springs and uh, Grand Junction. So it's not too far of a drive from Rifle, or from Denver, about three and a half hours. So if you take exit 90 and head north through town, uh, take a right at the bowling alley, and that's Highway 325. About five miles from there, you'll, you'll pass Rifle Gap State Park. And if you continue on 325 for another five minutes or so, you'll hit Rifle Falls State Park. And, of course, 
Harvey Gap is just about 10 minutes uh, east of both of those parks. So three parks in a fairly close location. Uh, you can't go wrong. No, you're absolutely right. Tons of activities, three parks, and uh, each one ha- is, is very unique, I mean, compared to the others. Uh, do you still have, you have year-round camping there, I assume. We do. Rifle Falls, uh, we keep all the campsites open year-round. However, we do get more snow there than Rifle Gap, so it's a good idea to check with us. We'll, we'll have a few of them plowed out throughout the, the winter, but uh, if there's a particular spot you like, give us a call. We'll get it cleared out for you. And Rifle Gap, we'll close down our, our Lakeview Loop uh, for the winter time, but we'll keep everything else open. And uh, don't you think, you know, this is just anecdotal uh, evidence, but I, I just think people just don't want to put their stuff away in the winter anymore. More and more people with uh, the gear we have now that we can, you know, whether it's clothing or the tents and sleeping bags and the uh, and the uh the RVs certainly are just made to be in the winter. I see more and more people camping right through the winter, don't you? Absolutely. And then with uh, the ice fishing opportunities that we have, um, that's definitely uh, bringing more people into the campground uh, throughout the winter. So it's very exciting to see. How are the colors up where you are? Did this cold accelerate that a little bit? Is there still some time to spend time at the parks and enjoy the colors? Yeah, we still have some time left, probably at least uh, well through this weekend, at least next weekend, and maybe even the weekend after. So we probably got another week and a half. This is this is far and away my favorite time of year. Get to see the the fall colors. You're not fighting the crowds like you did over the summer. Uh, the waterfalls are at Rifle Falls is is still going strong. Um, just beautiful time. The wildlife is out. Uh, we're seeing a lot of turkey, a lot of mule deer. Um, we'll see the occasional bear, but we, we typically don't have any issues with the bear, just, just sightings, fortunately. Usually there's issues with people, not with animals, but that's correct. That's another show. We'll do that. Some, but you're right. It's <laughs> such a beautiful time, and you guys are in such a great setting. Uh, you have a lot of trails other than even the one going up to the falls. They can enjoy them, right? Right. Yeah, we've got several trails at, at Rifle Falls State Park um, that'll take you through the, the, the absolutely beautiful colors this time of year. Um, we have a, a trail that leads up to the fish hatchery. Uh, if you want a little bit longer trail, that's about a two-mile trail. Uh, and, of course, the hatchery has a lot to offer uh, visitors as, as far as a, a viewing experience with, with the fish that they have up there and, and their operations. You're also very close to uh, both motorized and on non-motorized trails on uh, other public land, aren't you? Yeah, Rifle Gap especially. Um, we have access to BLM. There's, there's a pretty good expanse of trails uh, just to the north. And if you're camping at our Sage Campground Loop, um, you can actually ride your four-wheeler out from your campsite up through those trails. And, and you know, with hunting season starting or, or rifle season starting, uh, this is a good opportunity if you are a hunter uh, to to use those trails to go up and, and uh, hopefully find a catch. Now you have you have a variety of fishing opportunities at the parks too. First of all, boating is a little different. Uh, obviously, the falls you don't boat, but the two lakes, Harvey and Rifle, tell people the difference in boating. What's the water levels and restrictions, and are they open, and who can use them? Sure, uh, we'll start with Rifle Gap. We are down seventeen feet, which is which is actually not too bad for this time of year. It sounds like that's low, but keep in mind last year we were 43 feet down uh, at the same time last year. So uh, boating and fishing conditions are very good for this time of year. There are no limits on, on your boat. We do uh, have an ANS inspection station, so it is required that you have that inspection before launching, and our hours for those inspections are from 8 to 4, both at Rifle Gap and Harvey Gap. Um, 
And at Harvey Gap, uh, it is a little bit more limited over there. There's a 20-horsepower limit to our boat boating. Um, if you have a larger motor, that's fine. You can keep that on there. Just just uh, use your small uh, trolling motor or 20-horsepower or, or less to, to get moved around over there. And the water levels are down over there. The boat ramp is just about out of the water, but that's pretty typical for this time of year. And you are still able to launch even with that, that uh, ramp nearly out of the water. What kind um, of the, – what... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that the, the ground below it's not very soft, so it's almost like uh, concrete. Uh, it's almost like the boat ramp, so it's not going to affect you launching too bad. And what kind of fishing are you seeing at the at the parks right now? Sure. the um, uh, We're seeing people catch, of course, trout. Uh, your last uh, caller was talking about brown trout. Uh, we do have brown trout at Rifle Gap, um, as well as rainbow trout. Uh, yellow perch we're seeing caught, as well as pike. And then uh, walleye as well. And then other fish that we do have at Rifle Gap, smallmouth bass, crappie, bluegill. So we have a, a wide variety of, of some of the warmer warmer fish species at Rifle Gap and Harvey Gap. And then at Harvey Gap, the only difference is instead of walleye, they have tiger muskie as well as channel catfish. And the fishing will continue right up to freeze up, and then Rifle Gap becomes a great ice fishing destination also. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, Harvey Gap does as well. Um, Last year we froze very early. It was shortly after Thanksgiving um, that we froze. Uh, typically, we don't freeze until about the third week in December, and for that first month, especially, um, you're you're just slaying the the pike and perch and 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 walleye um, at Rifle Gap, and then of course the the perch and and pike uh, and bluegill as well at at Harvey Gap. But it's a great place. There's still lots of great weather. I think the message is people just don't. You know, don't quit going out, folks. This can be, like you said, it's the most beautiful time of the year. The weather actually, for the most part, is stable. Most of the time you'll get a front that came through like we did. But you'll get lots of beautiful weather, and you don't have the crowds. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, this is our favorite time of year. Um, and uh, I imagine we're not we're not alone. Great, great time to be out fishing, hiking, uh, viewing the wildlife. There, there's a lot of that going on right now. All right. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. You've got a great place. Hopefully a lot of people will keep coming all winter. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. That's Brian from uh, Rifle Gap. We're going to take a quick time out, and then we're going to tell you about an event, an event right here in our backyard that's kind of different and fun for everybody on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going to go right to the phones, and uh, joining us from Roxborough State Park is uh, Betsy Healy. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning. Hi, Terry. You know, uh, it is, isn't it a beautiful morning? Oh, it was so pretty coming into the park today. I just I, I, I can't know, believe the weather. I know none of us wanted that two record lows we set this week this early. It was quite an adjustment. But once you go through that and you start realizing it's really fall, you just start appreciating it outside more, I think, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And you, even the animals look more frisky. It's like it's like they're enjoying the warmth after a couple of days. Oh, you're absolutely right. Hey, you know, there's an event that goes on at Roxborough, and I can't remember how many years. I'm sure you'll tell us. But it started out as kind of a small thing, and it has grown beyond belief. The interest is phenomenal. And that's the um, the International Archaeology Fair Day. Tell us about it. Right, right. Well, um, in the last eight years, uh, 
they've started a, uh, it was national, and now it's an international archaeology day, and we've been taking part of it since it began. And we started out with, we would just haul our artifacts out on the patio, and a few people would come by, and then we created a big old fair, and then we outgrew the park. So in about four years, we were starting to get five or 600 visitors for this. There's a lot of interest in archaeology. So no, the oh, park has 63 prehistoric sites in it, and we have a lot of artifacts, and we've really worked hard to understand our archaeology and share that information with the public. So we uh, have a bigger event going on now. We're just part of a bigger one now, and we're expecting a lot more people to go to this one. So, Well, you're absolutely right. And, you know, when people will hear archaeology, and I know because I've talked to you about this before, and they think, oh, that sounds kind of stuffy, and <laughs> it's it's going to be as this all this dry information. But it's amazing how much fun it is, isn't it? It truly is. All right, so there will be some of that dry information for the the people who want to go listen to a lecture with all of the dates and the archaeology facts. We actually have lectures that are for the professionals, and we get quite a few of them coming. But we have a kids area with a kids dig and face painting and hot dogs and flint nappers and you can play lithophones which are musical rocks we have 20 booths from different exhibitors they're giving away swag it's it's a really big event it's at uh, Roxborough Intermediate School but then we also have five sites where you can go visit and do archaeology activities there so here at the park from 10 till 2 we still have our patio fair. We just have the kids' area is over at the Roxborough Intermediate School with the big expo. But we do walks out on the beautiful trails here and amongst the red rocks and describe you know, five of our prehistoric sites as we do the walk. We'll have our artifacts out. You get to touch real artifacts. Um, archaeology is you know, prehistory. It's before people had writing. And... It, it's really exciting when you touch a stone and you know some woman was using this to clear off a hide or some man used this stone point to kill a mammoth. One of the sites that is associated with the expo is Lamb Spring. It's just a couple of miles from the park, and they have very, very old archaeology and a, a mammoth skull reproduction, and they're open too. And then we have our fair and walk and talks going. There's also three or four historical sites in the area that are open, all associated with this. So it's a big deal. Oh, it really is. You know, I forgot the. you know, there's people who probably don't realize where Roxborough Park is located. Why don't you kind of tell them the location and describe the layout of the park? Sure. It's, um, it's about 45 minutes from downtown. If you uh, take C-470 to Wadsworth and go south um, until basically it ends, you go left on uh, Waterton Road and it tees and you make a right. And you either get to the school for the expo or to the park. And, uh, you know, of course, the park has the park entry fee. But other than that, everything we do is free. We have uh, over 100 naturalists. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, tomorrow night's our moonlight hike, and we've got like 55 people signed up to go to that. Two weeks from now, we have our homestead hike where we go into the back roads of the park. We don't charge anything for this to have half a dozen volunteers do these guided hikes. And the same thing with Archaeology Day. The rocks are beautiful. The trees are, the colors are changing. I, I passed a herd of 20 deer this morning coming into the park, which is the biggest herd I've ever seen. So, Well, you're absolutely right. It's just, uh, 
it's a phenomenal place. You know, and the this date it's it's next weekend, ten nineteen, but there's a lot to do at Roxborough Park almost any day you come, isn't there? Absolutely. We have every Saturday we have a, a volunteer on the patio doing some kind of program. Every month we have themes of programs. We are always got something going on. We have, like I said, a hundred naturalists, all of them trained. Uh, we lead school groups. You know, the geology. It's 1.5 billion years of geology that you can see from the patio. It's it's just an amazing place. It's a real gem, and it's so close to downtown that, you know, we get a lot of visitors, but the trails are laid out so that you don't run into each other. There's no dogs or bicycles, so you see a lot of wildlife. I've seen uh, on the board, I noticed that we've had bear sightings and cougar sightings and, of course, mule deer. So it's the wildflowers here in May are amazing. It's a it's a beautiful place, and it's our mission is to preserve and protect it both the natural resources and the cultural resources. Well, and one of the reasons the archaeology thing is your view of the rock formations and things is phenomenal. Yeah. So the red rocks actually were uh, considered sacred. Even when the uh, tribes would be warring, they were kind of a demilitarized zone because it's just such a inspirational place to come in these tall, towering red monoliths and the Dakota hogbacks. It's, it's really an amazing place. Now, is there information online if people want to more, know more about the event? Sure. You just go to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife site, and then where it says places to go, select Roxborough, and you can pull up our um, quarterly newsletter to see our events, or they'll, they definitely will be talking about International Archaeology Day. And then History Colorado is the uh, website for International Archaeology Day for the exact events that are going on on the 19th starts at 9 o'clock at the school, 10 o'clock here at the park, though. All right. Sounds awesome, Betsy. Thanks for joining us. Sounds like a great activity. Well, thanks. I hope everybody comes on out. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Archaeology Day down at Roxborough Park. You know, Parks and Wildlife provide so many outdoor opportunities, including trail riding. We're going to talk about that when we come back on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports. Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Speaking of sun, we're going right to the phones. And joining us from there is Mark Kite. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I am doing great. Uh, Tell the truth. We had that little downturn in temperature, and it's going to be beautiful now for a while. But did your mind just for a minute wander off to a a bunch of guys out on the ice when it was 20 below riding ATVs? It, yeah, it did, absolutely. You know, that uh, cold weather snap for sure brings you back, back to the ice fishing days and looking forward to that this year again, absolutely. Well, that's going to be coming up in ATVs and side-by-sides. In Colorado, there's a lot of lakes you can drive right out on with those and with the track systems. We'll get more more into those as we get into closer. We're still probably, you know, a month or more away of some opportunities, but we'll talk more about that. But I still never have forgiven you for not bringing out the, a model with the heated hand grips. <laughs> yeah, right. Heated hand grips. And I'll tell you what, we had Nate a little jealous this last trip. You know, we went up with Nate and went up to Jefferson, did some ice fishing this last time. And, uh, you know, we brought up the new Polaris HVAC Ranger, which is full cab, full heat system, you know, super nice. So he was a little jealous of that. But, uh, yeah, super cool stuff. Lots of cool things going on right now in the power sports world when it comes, you know, to, you know, hunting and fishing and, and uh, just all the accessories and things, you know, to get these these units geared up. Absolutely. Well, well and there's such variety now and you guys carry more brands and more inventory than anybody that's even 
anywhere nearby, maybe anybody in the country. And you guys have such selection. And what are some of the brands you carry, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so we've got a, a, a lot. You know, it'll take you about five minutes here to run through them. But we do Honda, Kawasaki. We've got Polaris, Slingshot. We do Sea Dew. We've got the Can Am brand. We do KTM. And then we also, of course, have a, you know, a standalone Harley Davidson dealership as well. But it's awesome. And it, we were just talking uh, to one of the parks about uh, getting out and. Uh, a couple segments ago and trail riding and the view this time of the year. When I was back up in Minnesota, some of our relatives and friends were taking a side-by-side trips just to go out and see the leaves changing colors and take a trail ride through the woods. What a great, I mean, Colorado is full of opportunities to do that. That that has to be just a fun trip. You could take any of these side-by-sides on a Jeep trail, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, the side-by-side stuff or the ATV stuff. And, man, are you absolutely right. It is absolutely stunning up there right now with all the leaves changing and stuff. Just beautiful, beautiful trail ride. And I'd recommend everybody get out and do it. Well, and, and the hunting, too. You know, you, a lot of times you can you can take your, uh, your, your, your RV or your truck up to a certain point, but you still have maybe even a few miles to go up up the mountain where you're going to hunt. And ATV can sure make it a little easier. And then when it comes to hauling that elk out or hauling decoys into a duck blind and those type of things, they're really just great. And the accessories now, Mark, that you can get for them. You know, how many people saw that dusting of snow this couple of days ago and thought about, oh, wow, I'm going to end up having to shovel my long driveway. You can help them with that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we do a full line of Honda snowblowers, and they're just absolutely second to none, no question about that. And then the ATV stuff for sure, you know, ATV and side-by-side both, you know, they double duty. So they're not just hunting rigs. You know, a lot of people come in and do winches and plow setups and that kind of thing, to your point, to use them around the house, you know, through the through the fall and winter months to plow snow, absolutely. Is Are you still able to buy some of the closeouts from last year or the new ones in? Where are we at with that? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a that's a that's a great question. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got a lot of uh, you know some some stuff left over from non-current stuff. A lot of the Polaris factory authorized clearance stuff's going on right now. You know, so that's nice. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of really really good things going on as far as rebates and stuff like that go. Absolutely. No, it's just a great. Usually, you know, you get the change of season like this. It is a great time to buy. Now, you do have an event today. I want to switch over to the Harley side. That is uh, for the ladies. Tell me about that. Yeah, we got a super cool event. You know that we uh, we're, we're partnering up uh, with the Wind Sisters of Colorado and and at our Harley Davidson dealership today. So today from four to six p.m. we're having a ladies only garage party at the dealership, which is going to be super cool. We've got a ton of lady riders. You know already RSVP'd for this event. Tons of games, tons of giveaways. The first 50 through the door receive a free gift, uh, live music, food. I mean, it's just going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So we're just dedicating that, you know, tonight to the ladies, and, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. You know, um, a couple of the women's group, the Scarlet Headers and the Leaders, are all invited as well. So we're really, really looking forward to this event on the Harley side tonight. Absolutely. Now, do you have to RSVP, or can you just show up? or what's No, the- absolutely not, man. Everybody's welcome. You can just show up. Starts at 4 o'clock, runs from 4 to 6 uh, at the Sun Harley Davidson dealership so the wife can go into the event and the guy can go over and look at the atvs huh yep absolutely all right tell them how they find you for that absolutely so you can find us first off on the web at www.sunent.com or sunharleydavidson.com and then to find us just i-25 to the 84th avenue exit east two blocks to pearl street and up pearl 89th and pearl big five acre campus you can't miss us all right. The only thing is next time we go ice fishing, heated hand grips. All right, buddy. I got you. All right. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Always fun to go out with you. Thanks, Mark. 
Thank you. Have a great weekend, guys. Mark Kite from Sun Power Sports. You know, Mark and Ron are outdoor guys. They love going out fishing and hunting, and they use their ATVs. So when you go in, there's people who are into what you do, whether it's trail riding, whether it's dirt bike riding, whether it's, you know, hunting, ice fishing. There's somebody there that can talk to you about the accessories, the unit, the type of what you want to get that fits your budget and your needs. You know, they're just great, great people there. They've been around for just forever. They've been a partner of both my television and radio shows for going on 20 years now. And they've just been one of the greatest partners. You know, that's another thing we talk about. Partners that support this programming. Uh, You know, obviously we need sponsors to stay on the air. But we try to find partners that really appreciate the outdoors and get into it. And by you supporting those sponsors, those partners, it gives us a chance to keep bringing you this information. By the way, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Trivia is back. I heard Karen posted a trivia question on our Facebook page this week on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. I wouldn't be surprised during this next hour if we don't give away a, uh, you know, some kind of a prize based on a trivia question. We'll see. You never know what's going to happen on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.